your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 11. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And uh, we're going to look at something in just a moment. Oh, but how many knows what today is? Today's a good day. Today's a day that many of us have been looking for for 21 days. (laughs) Today closes out our 21-day fast. And uh, we started on January the 5th. I think that's what that calendar back there says. And uh, many of you have done lots of different things. Many of you did a, a, a total fast three days. Some of you have you've given up something. Some of you fasted meals. But I want to say thank you. Every year as we start out as a church, as a body, honoring God, seeking the Lord, asking for His direction and His favor for the year. Uh, as Amy said, uh, sometimes it's difficult and you go through trials, but I'm telling you on the other side, when the blessings start flowing, uh, everyone reaps the benefits. And uh, we want to thank the Lord. It, it was some struggles. I've heard a lot of testimonies. It was tough giving up those things, whether it was soft drinks or Facebook or sweets or well, the, the meats. And that's what I'm excited about today. I want a steak. Hadn't had one in 21 days. I'm tired of salad and beans and all that. Brother Dale said he is tired of, uh, well, what, butter beans. So, <laughs> he, came in, he came in right off the bat when we started this fast. He said, Pastor, I'm fasting sauerkraut. You remember what I told you at the beginning. If it didn't mean nothing to you, it didn't mean nothing to the Lord. Uh, but listen, whatever you have done, God has seen it. God honors you. I thank you. And we just want to close out and say thank you. Now, I do encourage you, let's don't go back to just eating all the sugar we can, huh? I might have a sip of Dr. Pepper, but I'm going to try to stay on the water. I mean, you know, uh, and let's just try to be a little healthier. But, man, I always start out so good, and by December, it's just like, you know, that's why we're so ready for it in January. But uh, if you fasted the the three days if you fasted one meal one day you gave up something you fasted something these 21 days i want you to stand i want to pray over you thank you lord thank you lord amen father i want to say thank you as we've started out our january seeking you honoring you lord willing to give up something that we like Because we desire your presence more. I thank you, Lord, that you are honoring every home, every individual, every business. Lord, whatever they were fasting for, for a child, for a relationship, finances, I pray that you would give them that breakthrough. I ask you to show yourself mighty these next 11 months, Lord, and honor their faith. And so we just declare, Father, this fast officially over. We thank you for those 21 days, Lord, of strength and, Lord, of sacrifice. But, Lord, I pray now that you would strengthen us as we bend again to eat those meats and sweets again. Help us be temperate and not to go crazy. Lord, help us to be a blessing and help us, Lord, to just continue to share the love of Jesus with everyone we meet. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, clap for joy. And somebody say, thank God it's over. Now, I do encourage you throughout the year, fast. The Bible, you know, anytime you have a big decision to make, anytime that uh, you're kind of having trouble, whatever, 
It's fast. Take a day. Fast a meal. Uh, seek the Lord. Really pray. Because as you, as you begin to deny yourself, it really helps you turn down the volume on life and, and, and be able to hear God's voice better. And uh, it, it's just an honor. We're going to see some amazing things happen. And so our theme, as we've been talking about all month long, and we're going to close out today, is Jesus coming on the scene in 2015. We started out where the disciples couldn't cast out this spirit. And Jesus said, this kind goeth out only by prayer and fasting. There's some things in life that's just not going to come easy. There's some times that you're going to have to do business with God. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit, deny yourself a little bit. But I'm telling you, if you'll pay the price, the blessing on the other side is well worth it. And so Jesus, he, he spoke that in their heart. And we know they went on to cast out devils and raise the dead and heal the sick. Amen. And they got that principle. Amen. You know what? We've got to do business with God. And so things happen. It changed them. And God began to do some dramatic things. And we've talked about blind Bartimaeus. How that he cried out and he was willing. He didn't let nobody shut him up. I'm telling you, be bold this year. Let your faith come up. Don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to testify. Don't be afraid to witness. Because when you begin to cry out to God, amen, it gets God's attention. And Jesus stopped. And he came and he said, what do you want me to do? That I may receive my sight. And he was healed. And then last week we talked about, are you a climber or a crawler or a spectator? Whether you're like Zacchaeus and you've got to do something crazy and climb a tree to see Jesus, be willing to do it. If you're like the little woman that had to get on her hands and knees and crawl through the crowd, the Bible says when she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. But all of those people... In those crowds, they saw it, they heard it, they got to go home with a good story, but it didn't do anything for them. Let's not be a spectator in the things of God. Let's get out and be involved. Let's say, Lord, I want it to happen to me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I want to talk to you today, we're going to close this out, on it's never too late. To get Jesus on the scene. Oh, it's never too late. Amen. Luke chapter 7. Brother Larry, if you would bring me down a little bit uh, in my monitors. I want to say big thank you to Brother Larry White. Would you just give him a big hand clap? Uh, Today is the first official day. Last week, we kind of had it, but we have a brand new sound system, new speakers, new board, new everything, new wiring, everything. And he's here today to kind of tweak it. And so be patient with us as we get it all fixed. But uh, I appreciate him. He's put in many hours in this church every week for the past couple of weeks. And uh, I say thank you uh, to him. A little, little bit more, it went away too much. Um, Luke chapter 7, verse number 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, 
He had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. Now I want to just stop there for a moment and I want us to look at a few things. We're talking about it's never too late for Jesus to come on the scene. Now I don't know about you, but pretty much when I go to a funeral, I think it's pretty much too late for that person. I've kind of given up. I'm there to preach the funeral and lay them to rest. But that's not how Jesus operates. He operates with a greater faith and a greater power. And we have that same authority. And we've, God has raised people from the dead many times since. But here Jesus, the Bible says the next day. Now, Nain is about 21 miles from uh, Capernaum. The day before, Jesus had healed the centurion servant. And the next day, he has journeyed by foot 21 miles. Do you think it's an accident that Jesus just happened to be coming into the city at the same time they happened to be bringing this dead man out of the city? There's no accidents with God. God, you think, well, he's too late. No, he's not. He's right on time. He's not going to show up before you need him, but he's never going to be too late. Sometimes he makes you sweat a little bit, and he sees what your faith is like, but he's always right on time. And Jesus is coming in. He's on a 21-mile journey. It's been a tough day. And here he is coming, and there's his disciples with him, and there's a lot of crowd with him. And this crowd meets another crowd. Now, in those days, they would take a dead body, and they would wrap, they would bound, bind the feet, and they would wrap the body in, in cloth, and they would put a, a, a shawl over their face. And then there was kind of like, it wasn't a coughing like we have today. It was kind of between a coughing and a wheelbarrow. And uh, here they had this man there, and there was these poles, and these guys were carrying it. And Jesus comes upon the scene, and they're weeping, and they're wailing, and there's mourning. Just as when we go to funerals, you know what it's like when to, to lose a loved one. And the loss and the pain. But this lady had lost her only son. And she was a widow. And when Jesus saw this scene, his heart was touched. And the Bible declares that he had compassion. Now, do you know what compassion is? Because a lot of us think we have compassion. And really all we have is pity. Pity feels bad, but it doesn't do anything about it. Pity drives by somebody that's having car trouble and says, oh, isn't that terrible, and keeps on going. But compassion stops. Everybody say compassion stops. Let us give you a little definition of compassion. It's a feeling of wanting to help someone who is sick, hungry, in trouble, etc., Compassion is when you want to help. You really want to change somebody's situation. The full definition is sympathetic consciousness of others' distresses together with a desire to alleviate it. See, some of us have pity and we feel bad for the situation, but we have no desire to alleviate it. 
this year as we begin to go out to our jobs and our homes and the schools, let's begin to ask God to fill us with compassion. Lord, let me see the needs around me and let me do something about it. Don't let me just say I'm sorry, but let me put my hands into action. The Bible says Jesus saw this and he had compassion. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15 says we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Can I tell you today, Jesus knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles. You may say to be sitting here today and you're all dressed up and you look pretty and you got a smile on your face, but maybe your heart is breaking. Maybe your mind is confused. Maybe you're discouraged or sad or lonely. I mean, maybe you're going through a struggle in your life with addiction. I'm telling you, Jesus today, He doesn't just look on the outward appearance. God is looking at your heart and He knows what you're going through and He loves you and He wants to have compassion and He he wants to change it. Jesus stepped up and he told the little woman, weep not. Now, can you imagine this mother who is weeping over the loss of her son and hears some stranger telling her, don't cry, woman. What's wrong with you? Now, he didn't say it like that. He said, weep not. I'm sure he said it with compassion and love, but she still thought, why are you telling me not to weep for my son? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the circumstances. Oh, but she didn't know who she was talking to. He said, weep not. And then the Bible says that he stepped over, amen, to the, to the, 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 the beer, B-I-E-R, everybody you say that. And uh, he stepped over and he touched it. And the guy set up and started to speak. I want to know, what did he say? What would the first words be for somebody that was dead, had gone to heaven or hell? We don't know his life. We don't know if he was, we don't know anything about him. We don't know where he went. What did he say when he first set up? That would be interesting to know, wouldn't it? We'd have no recollection. There's nothing written there. But I promise you, he had something good to say. Now, one of the things he probably said was, get me out of this coffin. <laughs> and I love the next verse. And fear came upon everybody. Really? Really? I don't know about you, but if I'm preaching a funeral... And I'm up there at the coffin, and the family is out here, and they set up and start talking. Yeah, fear is going to fall in that place too. There's a lot of people going to be exiting. I mean, what would that not kind of shock you just a little bit? Yeah. But can you imagine that mother's heart? Can you imagine the joy when she hugged her son? Oh, can you imagine? I'm telling you, amen, everybody around said it's too late. The crowd said it's too late. The disciples said it's too late. But it's never too late for Jesus to come on the scene. When Jesus shows up, amen, things change. 
the word get up, rise. It means, um, or the word arise, it begins to begin to occur or exist, to begin at a source, to get up from sleep or laying down. It means to originate from a source. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people. We're alive, we've got breath in our lungs, but we're not living. There's a lot of people who exist. There's a lot of people who get up and go to work and come home and go to bed. They go through the motions of marriage, through the motions of children, through the motions of work, but you're not living. Amen. You need Jesus to step up. And touch your life and get you to wake up out of your sleep, wake up out of your sin, wake up out of your circumstance, and begin to live. We come from a source. Amen. The Bible declared that in Him we live and move and have our being. Without Him, we are nothing. We don't exist without Him. But through Christ, I can do all things. It's never too late for Jesus to show up. John chapter 11 tells us another story of a dead man. A man named Lazarus. Now Jesus knew Lazarus was sick and Jesus loved him. But Jesus took two more days doing what he was doing. And then the word came. Lazarus is dead. Jesus told his disciples, we need to go down now because Lazarus is asleep. And they said, well, if he's asleep, he must be doing well. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. He's dead. They said, oh, he's not doing so well. And so they make their way, and when they get there, the sister runs out, and she says, Jesus, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. It's all your fault. You took too long. I called you. I told you to come, and you didn't come. I'm mad at you now. There's folks just like that. Jesus, I asked you to do something. You didn't do it, so now I'm mad. Jesus is going to show up when he's ready to show up. He said, it's for the glory of God. He said, I'm glad I wasn't here. I'm glad he died. Can you imagine? <gasps> what? What if? What? Can you imagine me going into somebody's family and telling them, "I'm glad they died." Oh my goodness! Talk about an insult. I was. Jesus said, "I'm glad he died." She, he said, "Do you believe?" He said, "If you believe, he'll rise again." Oh, she said, "Oh, I know." And at, at the end, and the end, when resurrection time comes, and Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, shall live again. He said, show me the place you've lain him. And so they all make their way out to the graveyard. And there Jesus, I mean, comes up to the tomb. And he said, move the stone away. And his sisters and the disciples and everyone so full of faith say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's been dead Four days. And I love how King James says it. Surely he stinketh. <laughs> Have you ever had a situation that surely stinketh? They said, wait a minute, Lord. You do not want to open that. He will be rotten. There's going to be flies and maggot. It's not going to be a pretty picture. And Jesus said, roll that stone away. 
And so they had enough something in them to know that if Jesus said it, they better obey. And so Jesus, they rolled the stone away, and Jesus stood there, and the Bible says, shortest scripture in the Bible, two words, Jesus wept. The Jews are sitting around him said, oh, he must have really loved him. I don't know that Jesus was so much weeping over Lazarus because he knew what was fixing to happen. I think he was weeping over everybody else's lack of faith in him. Whatever, why he was crying, he said, Father, I thank you. And so that all these people around here know that you're God. You sent me here for a purpose. Show your glory. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Everybody's eyes are glued on that cave. And all of a sudden, the Bible says Lazarus came hopping out. All wrapped in this grave clothes, looked like a mummy. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Can you imagine revival breaking out right there in the graveyard? Oh, they thought it's way too late. It's one thing if the guy just died and he's still, he's on his way out. Somebody could say, well, you know, he was probably just in an induced coma. And uh, it re- he wasn't really dead. And uh, Oh, but this guy was dead four days. He was dead, dead. Stinking dead. And Jesus came on the scene and said, Lazarus! Come forth. I'm telling you this morning, Jesus is calling some stuff out of you. He's calling some anointings. He's calling some callings. He's calling some finances. He's calling some miracles. You think it's dead inside. I'll never do it. It's too long. I'm too old. I'm too broke. I'm too dumb. I'm too this. You're nothing. Amen. Because it's all Jesus. If you'll just have faith and say, Lord, I believe, you'll find out He is the resurrection and He is the life and you can be resurrected from the inside. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited about that steak I'm fixing to eat. (laughs) I just don't want the Lord to resurrect that cow while I'm eating it. Can I tell you, can I tell you two more times Jesus is coming on the scene? Now, I don't know if it's going to be 2015 or 16, 17. I'm not sure. We, the Bible says we don't know the day or the hour that the Lord cometh. But I'm telling you, Jesus is going to come on the scene again. He's coming on the scene for the church. The Bible says when Jesus ascended back into heaven, the disciples stood there gazing, and the angel said, this same Jesus you see going away is coming back again. Now, there's going to be two times that he's going to come on the scene. Number one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The rapture of the church. The word rapture is not in the Bible. It's right here. Catching away. Amen. The Lord shall catch them up. But that Jesus is going to come on the scene. We don't know when. We just know sometime the signs of the times are looking good. But there's going to be a moment when God says, Go get your bride and the trumpet of God will sound. And the Bible says in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, Amen, the dead in Christ are going to rise out of the graves uh, and the believer is going to be instantly caught up to be with the Lord. This mortal body is going to be put on immortality and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I love the last of that scripture. It says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I just want to comfort you today with telling you Jesus is coming and we're going to be in heaven forever. Now, There's another one, one more. And I want to read this to you in in Revelation. The book of Revelation, let me look here, I've got to go to my notes. Revelation chapter 19 in verse number 11. When the rapture of the church, when the God comes and the trumpet sounds and the Christians are taken... This world will go into complete chaos. The Antichrist will be in in control. There's going to be tribulation. The Bible says tribulation such as the world has never known. It'll be horrible. You do not want to be here during that time and miss it. At the end of that period, when the Antichrist has been in control, after three and a half years, the Jews, see the Jews still think, that they're looking for a Messiah. They don't, the majority of the Jews don't believe uh, that Jesus, because they killed him. And for generations now, uh, they, they're still looking for the Messiah. When the Antichrist comes, he will deceive them. They will think he's it. They'll set him up on the throne. But after three and a half years, uh, he will uh, offer a swine, which is of dishonor on their altar. It's an abomination. And their eyes will be opened and they'll realize that this is not the, 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 the Christ, it's the Antichrist. And then the Bible says they'll try to flee and he'll destroy them and it's going to be horrible. Uh, I get to tell you something very exciting today. Uh, me and Amy uh, finally uh, leave for Israel February the 24th. We get to go, Finally. We're excited. Uh, two, two, I think two years ago, uh, y'all, for pastor appreciation, you raised an offering to help us go. Every penny of that we put in the bank. It's been sitting there waiting for our opportunity. Uh, this last year, uh, the pastor appreciation, we took every bit of that money, put it right in there with it. And uh, when it all came together, finally, amen, we were able, it's paid for, and uh, we're ready to go. We're excited about that. So, uh, never before have I been praying for the peace of Jerusalem like I am now. I don't really care. I, I, I want to see all the sights. I don't care about seeing rockets. <laughs> 
But uh, we, we're, we have absolutely no fear. We know the Lord will take care of us and, and all will be well. We'll come back. I'm excited to, to kneel in the Garden of Gethsemane and pray, pray for you. And uh, we're excited. But anyway, over there, it is going to be horrible. And uh, so everything will just be crazy. Well, at the end of that, Jesus is coming on the scene one more time. This is this called the second coming of Christ, when he will actually come back to earth and put his foot, amen, down on the earth, and things are going to change. I want to read this to you because you just got to see it. Uh, Revelation chapter uh, number 19. And verse, what I say, verse number 11? Here we go. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which followed him in heaven, the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Somebody say, that's me. We're coming back with him. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth out the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. The first time Jesus rode into Jerusalem, he rode in on a donkey. He rode in meek and lowly. He rode in and he allowed them to smite him and smote him. He allowed them to pluck his beard. They put a crown of thorns on him. They beat his back until he was unrecognizable. They put him on a cross and nailed his hands and his feet. And he didn't say a word. The only time he spoke was when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he came and he died. But the second time, he's coming in power. And he's coming with a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is coming, amen, to bring this thing to an end. And he'll destroy, amen, all of Satan and all of the works of darkness. And he'll set up his kingdom. And for a thousand years. I just, I, I just have to read you this next scripture. Chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the keys of the bottomless pit, a great hand, a chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And he bound him a thousand years and cast him in the bottomless pit. I don't know about you, but I think the devil deserves every bit of it. I'm ready for that dude to be chained up and cast in the bottomless pit. 
I'm telling you, he brings sickness and disease. He brings trouble. And I mean, this world is full. Why? Because he is in operation. But I tell you, God is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming on the scene. He's coming on the scene right now for you, for your family, for your business, for your children. Amen. Keep praying, believing, trusting. I'm going to tell you, but get your eyes looking up. He said, when you see all these things, wars and rumors of wars, famines and pestilence, amen, all the things we're seeing today, look up. Amen, for the trumpet is getting ready to sound. And I'm ready. But Jesus said, occupy until I come. You've got to be ready every day. I can remember my grandmother talking about every day. She said every night when we took off our clothes and folded them up, we didn't think we would need them the next day. Jesus was coming. Can I tell you, he's closer to coming today than he's ever been. Don't miss it. Be ready. But be ready for your visitation today. Be willing, like Zacchaeus, to climb a tree to see him. Or like the woman to crawl and touch him. Or like blind Bartimaeus to keep crying out until you get his attention. I'm telling you, get Jesus on your scene. Praying and fasting gets him on the scene. I'm telling you, live a life that is holy. Amen. When you sin, repent. Ask God to forgive you. Stay in the house of God. Stay in the Word of God. Amen. Let's ask Jesus to come on the scene for our family, for our nation, for our country, for the world. But you know what? He wants to start with you today. He's concerned about you. Where are you at? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you would go to heaven? If you're not sure, make that right today. Because I'm telling you, Jesus comes for somebody every moment. Somebody's taking their last breath somewhere in the world. And the Bible says every man, small and great, will stand before God and give an account. Oh, don't die in your sin. Jesus died for you. He loves you. He gave his life so that you could be forgiven. And he said if you confess your sins and you believe in your heart that Jesus is God's son and God raised him from the dead for you, you would be saved. Today, you can have that assurance that you're ready to meet God. But then when we have that assurance and we know, then we've got to go out and tell others. And we've got to make this year count. Does anybody wish you'd have done better in 2014? Guess what? Can't go back. It's done. It's over. See, you've got to make today count. Because once it's gone, you never get it back. Let's do right. Let's live right. Let's love God. Let's love each other. Families... It's time to forgive. Life's too short to be mad and hold grudges. Eternity's too long to be wrong. Go to that family member today. Call them on the phone and say, I'm sorry. I don't even remember why I'm mad at you. I just know I am. Maybe you do remember. Just say, I'm sorry. Humble your... You say, it was their fault. Who cares? Call them. Apologize. It's time to families come together. It's time churches come together. It's time cities come together. Nations come together. It's time the world comes together. And it's got to start with us. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This is between you and God.
you're here today and you say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure I would go to heaven. But I want to know. I want to give my life to Christ. If you're here today, would you just slip your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I see those hands. Yes. Jesus loves you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, there was a time that I was in strong relationship with God, but somehow circumstances and troubles, I've just, I'm not doing all I need to be doing. I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with God. But today, like the prodigal son, I want to come home. It's time for me to get busy and get back to where I need to be with God. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, 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 all over this building. I'm here to tell you today, it's never too late for Jesus to come on the scene. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I, there, man, there's some things in my life. There's things I've prayed for. There's things that I felt like God was going to do. There was some callings in my life and things. But I have felt like that it was over. It was hopeless. Those things were dead. God's promises were dead. His faithfulness, His blessings, I haven't seen it. It's just like it's been dead and buried. But I realize today it's never too late. Even if it's buried and covered up. Jesus can resurrect it. And today, I need Him to resurrect some things in my life. Some faith, some relationship, some business finances. I need Jesus to bring some stuff back from the dead. It's not too late for Him to come on the scene. And I need Him to come on the scene for me today. If that's you, throw your hand up. Oh, all over this building. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet today. If you're here this morning, if you raised your hand for anything, or if you didn't raise your hand and you need to come, you want me to pray over you, you need to get in right relationship with God, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come around this altar right now. Let me pray with you this morning. Where else can I go? Where else can I go? their name by... Which I am saved, capture me with grace. As you're coming, you just begin to search your heart and say, Lord, you know what I need. Come to my rescue. Where else can I? There's nowhere else to go but to the Lord. He has compassion for you today. He loves you today. Come on, make that your this prayer. Nothing There's nothing in this world me. that's worth missing heaven. You. I want to follow this you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I will follow you. I need you, Jesus. I need 
Thank you, Jesus. Come to my rescue. Father, rescue people today. Rescue them out of sin and sickness, out of depression and discouragement. Capture me today. you're here today and you lifted your hand, you're here in your seat and you said, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Jesus came and died on the cross for you because He loves you. And He said, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we would be saved. It's not the words you say, it's the sincerity of your heart. But I want you to pray with me this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're God's Son. You came and died on the cross for me. Thank you. Today, I give you my life. I ask Jesus to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. I confess my sins. And I ask Jesus. To forgive me. Of all of my sins. Today. I declare. I will do. What you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be who you call me to be. Father, I thank you that as these have made this declaration of faith, heaven is rejoicing. And I pray, Lord, that you would just seal their heart. Let them know, Lord, that they are a child of God. I pray today for those who are, have brought, come back to that relationship. Lord, let them pick right up where they left off and continue to do what you called them to do. Now, Father, I declare those that need something resurrected. They need Jesus to come on the scene in their life, in their home, in their family, in their marriage, in their children. I pray, Lord, their faith, Lord, is not in vain. Lord, show up on their behalf. Move on their job. Move in their finances. Move in their health. I thank you that you're showing up and it's never too late. Even when we have given up, you never give up. So I declare you resurrect some things uh, that they thought were dead. Resurrect some callings and anointings. And resurrect some gifts and talents. And Lord, let them come back to life. Don't let them just exist. Let them begin to live. And we thank you. We thank you for our time of prayer and fasting. And Lord, as we begin to go back into a normal routine, Lord, let us be faithful to pray and read your word and continue to draw close to you. And we're going to keep our eyes on the sky and our ears listening for the trumpet of God. And we thank you that one day you're coming on the scene to get us. But let us live holy and righteous and do all we can to spread the gospel until that day. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.